You know, uh, I've been around a while, but back in the healing revival days, about 47 and 58, Dad was a part of that. And uh, I remember him telling those guys that he was in the Voice of Healing and they, had, they all met for a big meeting every October. And, uh, and everybody was in that except Oral, and he'd already started his. Of course, <laughs> I was talking to Tony here, Tony Cook here a while back, and he said, hey, I want to sit down and interview you. He said, you're the only one, one of the only ones I know that's still alive that knew all of those guys, those guys personally. <laughs> but I did. And, but many of them, it, it was a great time of anointing and, and the gifts of spirit were in operation. But dad told him, he said, you guys, some of them guys, they just operating on the gifts of the spirit. He said, you better learn to preach. And he built his ministry on the word. As a result, he outlasted most of them. Him and T.L. and Oral all wound up here in Tulsa, and all of them could preach. You know, you see people all the time proclaiming their latest revelation and meeting people going from this meeting to that meeting to another meeting looking for a move of God. And my dad says that many people miss the supernatural chasing after the supernatural. But uh, in the middle of all these things, there's one thing that remains constant, dependable, absolutely sure. It's the written word of God. The promises of God are still true. And these promises will always be true. Now, waves of the spirit will come and go and most of you have lived long enough to see us have many different waves of the spirit. The spirit doesn't operate the same way all the time. And you, you'll have dynamic ministers appear here and there. But one thing remains eternally sure. And it towers above everything else. And that is the incorruptible word of God. And that's the, give you a title of my message tonight is the unchanging word of God. You know, I'm going to read from Peter here, but Peter, and I'm going to read the first Peter, but in second Peter, Peter told his constituents, he said, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep reminding you of these things. And I know most of you know all of this, but I'm going to remind you of it anyway. How many of you went to school? How many of you, year after year, you were reminded of certain things, formulas uh, in, in uh, English, you know, the exceptions to the rule and all that stuff, right? But they kept reminding us of it every year because they knew we needed to get it deep with inside of us. That's the same thing with the things of God. You need to be continually reminded so that you don't let go of them. Over in Hebrew, it says, hold fast to that what you have. Now, 1 Peter 1, 23. 1 Peter 1, 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as, fly, as the flower 
of the grass. Grass withers, flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. We are born of the incorruptible, undecaying, never fading, never weakening, imperishable word of God. The word of God is an immovable foundation. Now, if you live over, some of, the, some of you do live over behind student housing or at student houses, housing, you will find that we, those houses, they have to work on the foundations. I don't know how many of the student housing buildings that we have had to have put, go underneath and lift them up and put piers under them. In fact, I think we got a couple that needs it right now. But it's because that this ground around here is, is not stable. In fact, this building sets on, they took out three feet of soil. And if you're around here then, and they piled it out here and they called it Hagen's Mountain. Anybody around here when we had that pile of dirt out there? Yeah. And then they brought in, I don't know how many hundreds truckloads of dirt. And they would have a sheep's foot and then they put lime in it and I don't know what all. And they would work it and work it and then roll it out with a roller until... And there's Tony Cook over there. He was an associate at that time. And I, I've made the associates come out here every day <laughs> or every Tuesday when we had staff meeting. And you could walk on the pad, they called it, that this building is built on. And it was hard as a rock. You could bounce a basketball off of it very easily. And then... They drilled, I don't know how many piers are under this building, 36 feet deep. So it will have a firm foundation. In fact, Mr. Harrison had drilled, we had several beds, but Mr. Harrison, he had drilled, he had built, helped us with several buildings here. And some of the engineers were saying that, uh, let's see, which one is a brown shell? I think he says, all right. But uh, he said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, I'm going down to the gray shell, the blue shell, the blue shell. And that's what we, and we went with him. That's what we did. I mean, where that corner of the building is there and right straight out there and right straight out there, there's that, this is free spanning. All the rest of the building is not free spanning, but this is. And that pier, and that pier, and that pier is, I think they are eight feet wide. I know they're, they're six or eight feet wide this way in uh, diameter. And they're 36 feet deep. And they got rebar in it, and about that big around, they built, they built a cage, they call it, and they stuck it down in there. I don't know how many loads of concrete it went. But man, this building is solid. They say you can drive a semi into that corner and nobody else would feel it. That's what they said. But we found that to be true when we had the storm. I forgot what year it was. 2010. 2010 when the way the wind was blowing, it blew all the snow we had. How many, I forgot how many inches of snow we had. It's, Six feet. Huh? 
I know that, but how many inches of snow do we? I forgot. We don't get that snow like that for you people. We, sometimes we don't even get any at all. But on this back half of this roof, this building, it's got four squares to it. This back roof, there was, it was the snow drifted on there was six feet high. And we had to get up, and actually it began to, it broke some of the purlins in the, found, in the ceiling, but it, ju- it didn't, didn't affect anything else. And we had to get up there and get it off, but this building is solid. That's the way you need your spiritual building to be, be built. And there's nothing more solid than the word of God. This is the foundation that you've got to be built on if you're going to make it in the world that we live in. The immovable foundation. The word of God is life-giving power. The word of God is the rock. Verse 23, he declares, as we read it, The word lives and exists and will always be the same. Verse 24, he emphasizes that everything else in the world is subject to change and will not last forever, but the word of God will last. In verse 25, he says, the unchanging word of God. What? does this mean? The unchanging, eternal word of God. Well, it means everything in our life is based on the word of God, our salvation, our healing, our deliverance, our prosperity, everything we need for our life is based right here in the word of God. Everything. You know, some people, they say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, oh, I don't know. Well, let me tell you what. The unchanging word of God is more powerful than anything you'll ever face in this life. The word of God will triumph over all of your circumstances and your situations. The word of God will have victory over every demonic force. The word of God is mightier than any trouble that you're going to run into. You know, used to, I remember, you know, by, when I got to be 10, 12 in my teenage years, well, we'd run into a tough spot and run into some things. And I said, oh, dad, what are, we, what's, what are we going to do? And he said, oh, son, just another opportunity to prove God's word works. You've heard me say it many times. If you ask him a question about something, he say, what does the word say? That was, that was the way he lived. See, that's the attitude that we all need to take. We are all going to face difficulties. You're all going to face circumstances. We're all going to face circumstances, but our attitude is, oh, just another chance to prove God's word works. Hello. I know this is something you've already heard, but you you need to hear it again. Hearing it again will just get you revved up again, you know. Sometimes as we go through life and we face everything that we face, we begin to lose some of our momentum. But when somebody begins to 
reminds you of certain things, you begin to regain that momentum. If the word of God worked for the people in the, word, in the Bible and the word of God worked for previous generations, the word of God will work for this generation. We've got to be convinced that the word of God will work before it will work for us. You need to remind yourself all of the time, the word is unchanging. And if the Lord has this place, this earth still going and he hadn't come and got us yet, a million years from now, it will still be the same. The word is alive. It is full of the life of God. The word is powerful. It's mightier than anything you can imagine or think about. Actually, the power in the word of God cannot be described in articulate speech. We have nothing that really describes the power of God. Hello? Come on now. You know, God's word is more sure than the sun coming up in the east in the morning or setting in the west. The word of God, for us that live in Oklahoma, wherever you live, but for us that live in Oklahoma, the word is more sure than one of those northerners that comes down from the north, bringing that cold air. The word is unchanging. It's more powerful than all the tornadoes that we see. And we've seen a bunch of them around here. Some of y'all might've seen some hurricanes. In fact, they just had one hit down in Florida. One of our churches, the church is all right, but the pastor's house got hit. Uh, in fact, Mark Brady, he, his, he couldn't even get out of his house because a tree fell in front of him. They couldn't get out of the house, out of the drive. And one fell on the house, Up, got upstairs. I was talking section with him today. You know, the word, look at your neighbor and say, the word of God is more sure than anything you possess. Come on now. Now, did you just say that or do you really understand it and believe it? The word of God is more solid than any rock formation that you're going to name. They used to Talk about the rock of Gibraltar. Uh, it's over there, I think, by Spain or somewhere over there. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I might have flown over it. I don't know. I know I have if I, because I've flown all over. You know, the psalmist says something, and we need to be like the, like the psalmist. When we wake up in the morning, the word of God is my delight. When we sit at noon for the noon meal, the word of God is my confidence. When I go to bed at night, 
The word of God is, my, is, is what sustains me. You know, our lives really would change when we really begun to understand the word of God, its power and its might in our lives when we really begin to get a hold of that revelation. You know, I had the privilege of growing up in the household of a man that understood this privilege of how powerful the word of God is and that's the way he lived. And that's the way I, somebody said, well, why are you like you are in certain things? I said, that's just the way I, that's the way I grew up. That's the way I live. And that's the way God, God wants everybody to live. I did, I got that book back there, how to avoid the trap of being offended. I did most congregation. Y'all heard me do it. Cause I did 10 lessons on it here. And you know, I just learned from dad. I don't let nothing bother me. You can ask my wife. And I, I, somebody says, somebody said something to me other day. You know what so-and-so said? I said, I don't care. Don't bother me none. Ain't going to hurt me. Now you see the enemy, if somebody says something and you don't take that attitude, the enemy wants you to begin to think about it. And all you're doing is plugging up the pipeline of the spirit coming to your life. And when I was doing that series, the Lord impressed upon me that taking somebody else's offense wasn't even yours. Your friend got offended. And you took that was worse than getting offended yourself. You see, I never write any of my books. I preach them from the pulpit and then they put them into a book. I don't sit there and try to think, oh, good. <laughs> I just, I just preach it. And then they, then they, they transcribe what I, what I said and put it into a book. I told somebody one time, I said, I think it has a little bit more uh, anointing that way because it, it was preached under the anointing. I wasn't sitting there trying to figure out some words to say. Hello. You know, the word of God is powerful. We've said it three times or four or five, whatever. Can't say it too many times. How was the world brought into existence. In Genesis chapter one, you can read it, start reading in the third verse there. He said, let there be, and it was. Come on now. In fact, Hebrews eleven three says it like this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That means there wasn't any substance that he had. He just said, let there be, and there was. You know, science can offer some reasons why certain things exist the way they do. But all things were made by God. It says so right here. And he didn't have any building materials. 
Thank God we had building materials to build this building. <laughs> All he had was his word. And when we learn to speak his word and what it says, you know, you need to learn to get into the word. And if you can't write in your Bible or draw in it, forget it. Get you another one. My, my dad says, you say, throw it away and get you one you can. You can see. I, in the, here, you can see. You go all, You can see. See there? Look. That's. And you know, you know where that is? If you look in my Bible, you'll see that that's right there. That is the epistles. And that's where my dad always said, now we need to read the other parts for other information. But he said, the epistles is where you live. That's the word you really need to get down on the inside of you. Because that's what will help you. When... Everything is coming against you and the devil's throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink. And where that statement come from, I have no idea. But how many of you have heard it and said it all your life? I don't even know what it means. <laughs> I guess Craig, will, he's a Googleologist. I guess he'll Google it and find out. <laughs> but when the devil is throwing everything he can at you, when you got that word... And you're on found, and you've got the foundation on the word. Out of your mouth will come. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. You see, that doesn't come out of you unless you have that firm foundation. Unless you're established firmly on that. You know, whatever God does here on earth, it's in accordance with His word. The Holy Spirit moves in accordance with the Word of God. Angels bow to the Word of God. Heaven's resources, now get this, heaven's resources are manifested as we trust God for His promises. Everything that God does for us and has done for all mankind if they would accept him and believe it. Everything is based on the word of God right here, on this word. Salvation is based on this word. Believe in your heart, say with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? By his stripes we are healed. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. See, that, that's the thing we need. It's all based on the word. It's based on the word. Hello now. You know, you can really tell when somebody has a foundation in the word when you listen at them talk. And as you listen at them talk, all of a sudden you begin to realize I see now why they're not getting what they're talking about is because they are not firmly established in the word. Because they say this one day and they say this the next day. And then the next day they say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand it. Well, I told them one guy one time, I said, I know and I understand. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I know everything God said, he will do it. And that's what I believe and that's what I live. Oh, you know, 
I was telling you here a while back that I, I, I when I was 14 at a youth service, I preached my dad's sermon. And uh, I don't know, I've just always put it with Mark, out beside of Mark 5, 25 through 34, one with issue of blood. I heard him preach this when I was a kid. Say it, do it, receive it, tell it. I got it written right here. And, and I just get up and preach just using those four little deals right there. And I preach to you. But you see, the word, you got to believe the word. You got to act like the word is so. Whether you feel it, whether you see it. And the song says, he's working when you don't feel it. He's working when you don't see it. That's when you got to keep quoting the word, what the word says. You know, some people go by their feelings. Well, you're not going to get much going by your feelings. Some people react to the circumstances. Circumstances don't make any difference when I got God's word. You know, you know, some people, they, they look at something in the church and they'll say, like a statement like this, and I got to hurry, I got five minutes. A statement like this, four people come, got saved. So one of them really got saved. You know why they said that? They used to do that in the old Pentecostal church. I don't know, I got any Pentecostal grow up in that? Anybody ever heard that statement? You ever heard that statement? Wrong? Okay. They saw them weeping and crying and so forth. They saw emotion. You see, salvation has nothing to do about it with emotion. It has to do with believing in your heart and accepting it and saying it with your mouth. Hello. Let me go on. I got to hurry. I still got another point maybe. You know, when the pressure is applied, if you are grounded in the word, the word takes the pressure and you don't have any pressure. You know, there's an old song we used to sing when I was growing up, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. That's a good, that's a good statement. You know that? You know, it says here in Mark 16, 20, and when they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. I want you to notice he didn't say the word was confirmed because they had 24-hour prayer meeting. He didn't say that the miracles happened because they had prayer, and that's important, and I'm not, I'm not degrading prayer or putting it down. We need it. But it was because they preached the word. They preached the word. Some people got to the point that they don't preach the word. But let me tell you what. God will perform his word in your life according to your faith and speaking the word. You can't ride on grandma and grandpa or mom and dad or anybody else's faith. You can't ride on the pastor's faith. You can't depend on the television preacher. 
It's your believing and speaking the word that will either get it done, will get it done for you. Either you speak the word and receive or say something else and don't get nothing. See, we need to, need to, to declare what the word of God says. The word of God says that it's greater than any problem. It's, and I'm just going to skip a bunch of pages there. It, it will outlast any trial that I have. It'll overcome any impossibility. It will survive any challenge that the enemy wants to throw. The Psalm says in Psalm 119, 89, the word of God is forever settled. Is it forever settled with you? If not, it's time it gets that way. And it's time to quit. Heavenly Father, I just tried to remind these people tonight of the things that many of them know. And I pray that if there's somebody that didn't know this, that they will grab a hold of it and understand it. Father, I thank you that you're for your word. May we live and walk and speak in line with your word every day of our life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Everybody stand. Did I stir anybody up again tonight? That's what I want to do. I want to remind you of all these things. Most of you have heard this. And if you didn't, then grab a hold of it because, uh, because it's what will carry you through when you're facing all kinds of obstacles.